Before we get into episode 10 of Hashtag Spread the Sand, I just want to take the time to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Whether this be the first episode you've listened to or the 10th, I'm extremely grateful and humbled by how this podcast has grown and hopefully helped promote beach soccer. This is the last episode of season one, but don't worry, there will be more to come with season two right around the corner. If you're looking for more beach soccer content, check out at Full On Beach Soccer on Instagram, where you can interact with me and also find the guests featured on this podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to leave a rating and review. It helps more than you know. Please enjoy episode 10 of Hashtag Spread the Sand. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Hashtag Spread the Sand. With me today is United States Women's Beach National Team and captain of NorCal Beach Soccer, Janae Sonseri Warp. Janae, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Dylan? Good. Trying to keep busy with work, but then also make time to not go crazy during COVID. I hear you 100%. How are things up in uh, San Jose? Things are good. Uh, we kind of go back and forth with the businesses and stuff you know with covid lockdown they open and they close and they open they tease the teaser was our uh, our gyms they opened up for like two days and then they closed down i was um, seeing a lot of people on social media they're like we got our fix for a couple of days and then they yeah they shut us out. yeah yeah it's cool because we feel pretty fortunate because our gym actually has this really nice um turf outdoor area but my husband and I have not tested it yet because they're like 30 people at a time and we're like I don't know about that (laughs) too many people a little too many yeah so you are a California native correct yes correct and you've been in San San Jose for how long my my whole life born and raised never left only to travel stayed here so what is it about San Jose that's kept you around this long uh, I think what's kept me in California is our weather. We have the best, <laughs> the best. No weather. doubt. I mean, San, I mean, San Jose, where I'm at, we're we're really close to everything. When we're close to you guys in Santa Cruz, we're close to San Francisco, like a 45 minute drive. Um, but ultimately, it's it's our family. Our family's all here. That's awesome. And so, staying in San Jose State, uh, did you played at San Jose State? How, yep. was your, how was your time at San Jose State as like a college athlete? It was so much fun. I, you know, it's funny. I, I keep telling my kids, I got uh, an 11 and a seven year old, but I keep telling them, I'm like, play sports in college. It was the best. It's like <laughs> such a good experience. Um, you know, it's tough times and fun times. Um, you know, I got, I was pretty fortunate. I got a, a scholarship. And so I was able to live, you know, away from home, although still in San Jose. But I got to live with my teammates and experience that whole life. Um, oh, 100% but... of part of the experience is being away so from good. home. So, yeah. so good. You learn so much, like how to cook for yourself and how to clean, how to clean up after yourself. <laughs> All necessary, especially with being a mother now, I'd imagine. Yeah, help, yeah, help now. <laughs> um, so I have to ask, are you an Earthquakes fan? I am, yeah. So with everything with the MLS's back tournament, you, I'm sure you're pretty hyped. Yeah, we're pretty stoked. Um, you know, we didn't get to go as, to as many games when they were in season, but um, the Via Stadium is is beautiful. You've been done to the stadium? I haven't, I haven't yet. Oh. I need to. The stadium itself, like we went for um, to watch some other games. Like they have this huge monitor. You can like hang out on the grass. You don't even have to sit in your seats. That's awesome. And they have one of the largest uh, 
bars too. (laughs) (laughs) An added plus for sure. Yeah. So we'll get, we'll get a little bit into uh, your beach soccer experience. So, but before that, uh, I have here that you, you play a little bit of semi-pro. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we, um, it was kind of during the times when pro women's like was collapsing for like a hot minute. Um, so it was right out of college I didn't really go anywhere after college. I didn't really do much, but just start working, like playing in amateur leagues, um, play with the Nighthawks a little. It was for a short period of time. Sure. It was right when the women's league kind of collapsed. And so all of the pro players came to the semi-pro leagues and filled and stacked the teams. And so it was a really cool experience um, because I wasn't at the professional level, you know, playing 11 side grass. And so that experience alone, even though it was for a season, best and, and, you know, something that I can remember and, and uh, remember for years to come. No doubt. And then I also have you down here as competing in bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I laugh because it was, it, it was after college as well. And it was like, what am I doing with my life? Like I didn't, you know, my dream when I was little to play professional soccer. And I was like, when I grow up, you know, you write those letters to yourself for your future <laughs> self. I don't know if you ever did that, but I did. I remember I did. writing. You remember doing that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember writing uh, a letter. I think I was like five or six, and I was like, "I'm going to be a professional soccer player when I grow up." And then, like years later, I opened it, and I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> a professional. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's funny to think now that I'm actually a professional soccer player. But going back to bodybuilding, uh, it was after college, and I just I kind of felt a little lost. You know, I was working in sales in the health industry, and that was great. I was making, you know, decent money, and I didn't really have, like, a goal in mind. You know, when you play, you know, play on a sport, you play on a team, you've got, like, tournaments to train for and prepare for. You've got a team to play on and play with. But that was kind of done, and I was playing amateur soccer. So um, at the time, there was a trainer at the gym that I was working at, and he's like, Janae, you should you should train for competitions. Like, there's bodybuilding there's figure, there's fitness, there's all these like different levels that you can do. And he's like, you have such drive, you should just go for it. So I was like, all right, I'm up for the challenge. So I trained for eight months. I went through the whole uncomfortable phase of bulk up, which is you just pack on as much muscle as you possibly could. But standing at five feet, nothing like (laughs) packing on muscle was like a really difficult because you have to eat a lot more protein for sure. And, uh, and it also looks really awkward and felt really awkward at my height, you know, to be packing on, but, um, but I was able to pack on a decent amount of size and then you go through conditioning phases and then you go through your pre-competition phase. And I ended up competing in, um, I want to say five or six competitions that year. And I started in bodybuilding was my very first competition. And I went out the gates and I placed third three it was like third out of four people (laughs) (laughs) but still but not um, last not last yeah not last and that was important for me but I just will never forget like that first competition these women were like just stacked with muscle and I it was that moment I was like I don't think I I could ever get to that like uh, amount of size on me near did I I didn't really want to either sure so I quickly transitioned into my second competition into what was called figure at the time. And I think it's still kind of references figure fitness now. Um, it's a little bit more uh, like not as much muscle, not as deep as definition, but 
within that eight month span is like prep and, you know, prepare carb depletion, water depletion. Um, but I got to see a full blown body transformation of like, I never knew I could pack on this much muscle. I never knew I had like an eight pack, like that stuff like that, you know? For sure. I wish I had an eight pack. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, me too now. <laughs> um, so the reason that I bring all this up is because, you know, playing, playing in college, um, playing semi-pro, especially in as a competitive league or time that it was for you, and then bodybuilding, you know, every, every person that I've talked to at least that says when you step on the sand, you know, you're in for it in terms of how you prep for it as an athlete. Um, you want to talk a little bit about your first experience on the sand? Yeah. I, I, first of all, I'll say everything that you said about that preparation, 100% true. Like any sport, you you have to prepare. You know, you, you never go out and say, I- I'm there. I've, I've yeah. arrived and I've, I have maxed out my, my – I've peaked. No, like you, you'll never feel – like especially with beach soccer, I never feel – like I'm satisfied you know that that drive is like every time I train I I come out of like a sprint or a drill or whatever the training is and I'm like whoo I gotta I gotta prepare better I gotta prepare better um so I was playing 11 aside um beginning of uh 2017 and I was just doing this like women's Sunday league and a teammate of mine who I played indoor with at the time, she was on the opposing team. And after the game ended, you know, we ended up winning and it was fun, but it's just, it's just fun. It's like a fun Sunday league. Anyways. Um, my teammate now, Louisa Meza, she, she's like, Hey Jay, do you want to, uh, come play beach soccer? And I literally have heard nothing about beach soccer. I didn't know about it. Never saw it. And when she said it, I literally thought, and I envisioned, just some people at the beach drinking and kicking the ball around. Like, I didn't think it was like legit. Sure. So she's like, all right, there's a tournament in Santa Cruz. I, and I don't know. I think it was probably a pro AM tournament. Sure. Uh, one of tags tournaments maybe. And, you know, she had a team and at the time they were called Waza. And, um, and some of my teammates from NorCal were on the team at the time, uh, like Kylie and, and Allie Hall Kylie quickly. Anyways, um, so I show up and the team's warming up and I'm like, all right, this is something. And there's like a tent and they're selling socks. And I'm like, what are these socks? And, you know, I'm like checking them out. It was so bizarre to me. Scoping the like, scene. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a big tournament and there was fields everywhere and it was like super professionally set up. And so I was super intrigued right off the bat. Step on the sand, warm up. And I'm like done five minutes in. <laughs> five minutes in I'm, I'm like all right but but it was weird although I was super tired and and not feeling prepared in any way to even know how to play the sport didn't know the rules um I loved it I fell in love with it that first game that we played and they ended up shoving me as a defender which was funny because I've never played defense <laughs> in my whole soccer career um but they're like yeah your defense but through bikes, through some side volleys, diving headers, and just like landing on the sand, the the inconsistency of where the ball goes when you dribble is just—it's a challenge in itself, and I just fell in love with it. You're coming to this new surface, and then kind of get into a group, uh, a team put together. Uh, sounds like y'all hit, probably hit it off pretty well. I mean. I feel like we did real well. Feel, we, we won the tournament. <laughs> I feel like if anything, not only winning the tournament, but beach soccer in general, generally brings people together in good spirits. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, the vibe in those tournaments, like, hands down, the community itself, like, you know, soccer community in general is pretty tight niche, I think, but then you get into beach, and it's, like, even closer, even tighter, even more support, um, but that environment, the music playing, the vibe of everyone, it's its so different than than any other, you know, surface that I've experienced. Definitely. And so I'm going to need you to kind of help explain to me and the listeners how your first tournament abroad, Trinidad and Tobago, how was that? Like, what was the vibe for that? Everything. I'll say leading into Tobago, Trinidad and Tobago tournament. So it was a little unique, right? So it went from like first time ever playing beach soccer, playing with, you know, some teammates with Waza and then, um, going out to like Long Beach and Huntington playing in like Copacabana, you know, Copacabana tournament, stuff like that. It was all like just still fun, but like I was in it mm -hmm. and it wasn't until, you know, like, um, Tygo Sullivan was like, Hey, I, I want to put, you know, came to like, uh, Luis and was like, Hey, I want to put this team together and we want to go as NorCal and let's get this solid team. And so the team, you know, quickly got formed. Um, we prepared for it and <laughs> I didn't even, and this is going to like sound really bad. I honestly did not know where Trinidad and Tobago were. I didn't know there were two different places. Like I, I didn't know anything about it. But I am always willing for, like, the new challenge and the new adventure. So we got NorCal together, um, and we went out there. We felt as underdogs knowing that we were going to be playing as NorCal, but going and competing against international teams, and Shoreline was going to be there. And we knew Shoreline was going to be stacked Plus, they were going to have their own international players, guests playing, you know, which were the um, the British players, right? So for those of you who don't know, Shoreline is also another American team, uh, women's professional team. Had you already competed against them, so kind of gotten that rivalry? So, no. Okay. So the the only way I knew about Shoreline at the time is is these tournaments that we played in before trinidad and tobago tournament happened and we had a team where uh some of the players were from shoreline that i got a chance to play with on this same team we were in some la tournament and so that was my first exposure to some of those shoreline players and then when we went to trinidad and tobago it was hey by the way janae you and norcal the players that you have are going to be playing against some of those players that you played with and so that's like the start of oh okay i know who shoreline is yeah oh dang okay <laughs> some of my teammates from the other tournament i'm gonna be playing against oh dang okay oh wait there's a <laughs> there's a british national team wait, the England players? <laughs> so it was just like mind-blowing across the board going into that tournament not knowing showing up in that heat uh, in that humidity, the sand, just scorching your feet, um, learning this like new culture, just the vibe of everything was so just overwhelming yet at the same time was just probably the pinnacle of why I fell in love with the sport even more. It was in that tournament. So how, how did, how did the team do going into that tournament? So we ended up placing second. Shoreline Shoreline took that one. Uh, we played Shoreline twice in that tournament. Uh, we played some local teams. We played some, you know, really green teams that hadn't played before. 
we physically got rocked in a lot of those a lot of the women that we played against on some of the other teams super physical and it started to really reawaken this like like this this inner like tiger strength inside me and the players of like okay this is a battle we're going to go into this as a battle and then the minute the game ends we're hugging the other team so that environment was like just super unique but the first game we played shoreline i think and if my teammates were on this call <laughs> that we play on shoreline would agree that i felt we rocked them i felt we we shook them up a little bit because i don't I don't know that they were prepared for NorCal to come at them in the way that we did. We were coming in against them as underdogs. None of us on NorCal were at the level that those, um, the English players were at. And so we already knew that we were, you know, not going to reach their level, but we were up for it. And the players on the NorCal, we don't back down. And so um, we ended up placing second in that tournament, but best experience could have could have ever asked for and so so for me i think this is where my excitement comes from the women's side in the in the united states starting to come about really because there was obviously talent before the team was created and now the team has been created it's all about finding more talent to feed into the team right yes so it's interesting because it's really weird and of all the teams uh that i have played on and with you know, yeah, you support your teammates and you invite some people out, but it's like weird with beach because beach, you are like, you want more people to come out. You want to train against and with more players. And so it's, it's really exciting for now that we have the national team um, that we're starting to see all of these players come out of the woodworks, like even new players that you're like, I, they're like, I've never played before. And then they get on the sand and you're like, um, you're pretty you look more good. like a natural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And then you to see them like, I want to learn more. I want to learn how to flick. I want to, you know, learn how to do these different techniques. And so you're starting to see more players come out of the woodworks that not, don't necessarily have beach soccer as a background, but they're eager to learn this sport, you know, because it's, it's exciting to watch and it's an exciting environment to be in. So I was talking to Francis about this, actually, and he was saying how it was great to see when the women's team was starting to become created and these camps were, you know, starting to come up prior to COVID, obviously. And he was saying how, you know, the women were doing everything, the women on the team currently were doing everything they could to essentially get more people there. And even if they were playing your position and, if they did better than you could take your spot, you were still like yep. showing them the ropes, telling them to be of competitive, course. making it a battle because at the end of the day, you know, you're only as good as, you know, your weakest player. And if you have a team of strong players, you're going to be dominant. Yeah. It's really easy. It could be really easy for us to just be like, you know, not share, not spread the word, you know, not encourage other players, whether they're local or in another state, you know, to, to join forces. But we only get better as a team if we can continue to, to build our pool. Um, if we stayed where we are with, with a minimal pool, with a small amount of girls, women, we, we don't get better. You know, um, you have to put yourself in a situation where you are competing against the best. You have to put yourself and it's uncomfortable sometimes even going out to training camps. It's like, yeah, I'm going to support you, but I'm also going to try and, you know, keep my spot. I want my jersey. I want my jersey on my back. But, you know, you have to build that pool or you don't get better. You just stay where you're at. 
Definitely. And I think this is so back in San Diego back last December, I think there was a little bit of showing there in that tournament because I think the Bahamas national team was there, but they were also playing a team that I think was of younger players. I think this younger player team was playing the Bahamas. And what was awesome about that was I got to see kind of like the atmosphere of encouragement, right? Because they're all encouraging them like, hey, you might have joined this tournament for fun, but now you got a sense of what beach soccer actually could be for you. Yeah. Yeah, there was um the youth team. We ended up um we ended up switching it up a little bit, you know, just because we felt like, yeah, it's it's one thing to like have our women's team play against these younger teams and just have that experience to play against them. But it's another thing when you as a player get to intermingle and switch up the teams and have the younger players play with you because it gives you as a player to teach and through teaching you still learn and grow yourself. Um, Cause I think we take that for granted sometimes with anything, you know, like you just, you just think that everyone assume that everyone knows how to play and you don't get to, but the minute you start to like teach and, and grow someone else, you are growing as well. So we had the opportunity to, to blend our teams uh, during one of the scrim, one of the games, um, and it's funny because after those games, the parents of those youth teams, they came up to us and they're just like, what you guys are doing, what you shared with our kids, it, they'll never forget. You know, they'll, they'll never forget that. Not only they won't forget, like we got to play with some of the national players, you know, from the U.S. side, also from the England side, you know, but they got to learn and grow and see, you know, what great role models that our team actually has to offer as well. So it was a really great experience across the board for us as well. Definitely. And so talking about experiences, uh, let's get towards your, your debut for the women's national team. So correct me if I'm wrong, your debut was during the Anoc uh, world beach game qualifiers, right? Yep. Um, And then kind of going into that tournament, I talked to Megan Wharton. It's it's funny this is coming full circle because she was my first episode, and you're my last, right. you're my actual last episode of the first season. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> um, talking a little bit about this, what was that experience for you? For her, she said it was surreal because it was a I know you all, kind of not super super well, but then I guess going into it, um, quickly becoming a lot more acquainted. These are my teammates yeah. for life type deal. Yeah, it was um <clears throat> it was a really really unique and special uh opportunity. You know, we got the call that we made the national team and then <clears throat> what a couple weeks later we were heading out to El Salvador. And we show up and and I I I, pro- I knew a handful of you know, the women that made the team as well and it was exciting cuz I'm like this is this is awesome. I play against you or with you and we're on the national team now and uh, but I'll never forget that experience because I was meeting new people that showed up at the airport, you know, prior to our very first training in El Salvador, like they're in the lobby. And I think that's where I met, I think it was like Megan and Kelly and, and Melissa from the national team. And they're like, Hey, we just flew in at like 12 like midnight <laughs> and we're like shaking hands and hugging. And we're like, Hey teammate, nice to meet you. Where are you from? Like trying to get to know them as we're taking like our speedy bus ride through town, um, you know, to play or to train our, you know, and we had 45 minutes to train. It was like our Sheesh. one and only. 
you know, so you're like, not only you're trying to get to know the coach, you're trying, you're trying to like show the coach your skill ability, you're trying to, you know, taking in everything that experience in El Salvador, which is an amazing experience in itself, like just like the, just the locals and the fans and that vibe there. I'll never forget that. I mean, talk about they will boo you, but then they'll also cheer you. 100%. They will have their faces painted and boo you as you take a PK. But but then the minute the game's over, they're like on their feet cheering. Um, but that experience in El Salvador was was one I'll never forget because it's for me personally as a player, it it solidified it solidified a lot. It solidified everything that I've ever worked for in my entire life you know, to, to become a professional player, to feel like I've accomplished some, just some greatness. Like for me, putting on that Jersey and stepping out there in the sand, hands down the best experience. Lil Janae who wrote that letter, just just got her wish type deal. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I didn't throw that letter away though. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Opening the letter. I'm like, I'm not professional (laughs) throwing it away. Yeah. (laughs) Now looking back on it, just being stoked. Right. Oh, um, so one thing I did want to, want to talk about specifically, you mentioned, uh, the experience of the fans being in El Salvador, uh, during your, the win nine, six against El Salvador, what on earth was that feeling like? Because you have an entire host nation screaming at you, yelling at you. I did see people having their face painted and at the beginning they were coming at y'all pretty rough. They, they were. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, there's a couple things that I can say there. The first and foremost is I felt with that crowd, the amount uh the, just the sound, it was really, really loud, probably louder than I've ever experienced before. But my, I felt like I had a little bit of preparation. I played in the Euro winners cup um, twice and in the Portuguese cup. And so I felt like I had a little bit of preparation with the crowd, with that like feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. There's a lot of people. It's really loud. You've got the locals here. So I felt, you know, across the board with some of my teammates that have had also had that experience in preparation, I felt like I was in the right place. Like that just vibe and that craziness. You know, I had some teammates that are like, okay, this is crazy. This is loud. I can't hear you, you know, stuff like that. But I- You were eating it up. (laughs) I was eating it up and you and yeah you soak it in you walk out to line up and you're looking around you're like all right there's a lot of people here I mean the El Salvador game is standing room only and uh but I remember just standing there feeling like I'm ready I'm ready for this and just being able to like zone in and then zone out like zone in where you needed to uh put your blinders on when you needed to and just dial it in and and ready for it but yeah they came at us hard um they also, they're, there's some really smart players and they know how to draw the fouls, which is a big part of the sport too, is being smart with how you play, when to draw your fouls, to be smart about that. And, you know, they were pretty good about it and they could put their shots away. But I think it was that game that our team really dialed in. Like, you know, Mexico was like our tester, you know, like there was a lot of regrets in that game, you know. And after we played that game, we're like, we're not going to do that again. We're going to, we're going to go at El Salvador in a different way and, and more of a way that we know as players to go at it. So um, we came in a hundred percent ready and we knew we were going to take it. 
what a tester playing Mexico was. That that rivalry runs so deep in our country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we, I think, you know, you talk about like any game, anything you have in your life, you know, you never want to go away with regrets, right? I think it's safe to say that our team went away with, with some regrets, as in we were so new as a team. We didn't know collectively how each player would play uh, to give you an example you know if I left the back did I know that my teammates were going to be there you know like yeah you'd hope so but if you've never played with a you player, don't know if they're on the same page as you they don't know your style you know now you know I could look at like my teammates and know like when they flinch to do something they're not really going to flick it yet or oh, they're going to go for that run. Like, I know when Lauren's going to take her runs. I know when, you know, Megan's going to get out of the back now because it's experience, right? And so Mexico's game, we didn't have that experience playing with each other. And so although that was an uncontrolled regret we have, um, but it's still there and it still hurts. Uh, I also would say we didn't play as forceful as we could have, as we should have, because it was, it was like, let's test our, I mean, our coach was even testing us. Like, let's see how you play. Let's see how this dynamic works. Let's see how, you know, Janae plays with like, you know, you know, Megan or a Paxton or a Lauren or a Liz, like, let's have, let's see how these dynamics work. And so I think for our coach, for our coaches too, it was, let's see who works well together. Um, Let's see who works well under pressure. Let's see who can put the best plays together. And so I think that game was our tester. And, and I hate to say it, but I think we had to lose to, in order for us to win next. Like we had to feel that, like we had to lose as a team. We had to feel like, ah, oh, why didn't we play this way? Have those regrets in order for us to go into that next game better prepared because we didn't want to go back and feel that again. Definitely. So that's what I mean by like that tester of, you got to have that tester phase. You got to have those regrets. You got to feel that pain. You got to have the loss. In my mind, I think of someone who doesn't necessarily follow soccer but knows of the United States and soccer in our country, they automatically think the women are a dominant team because they are. At least on the field, 100% grass, like the women have right. proved that they are dominant. So when yeah. someone says, hey, I've been watching this beach soccer uh, competition, uh, the United States team is in there, they, they might think right away, like, okay, so they're winning everything, right? Which, not to say that you all aren't a bad team. Going out there being a new program, like, y'all did amazing. And I'm excited to see where y'all go. Thank you. Um, Thank you. But with the first game, like, you're right. Like, not only are the players being challenged, but the coaches are being challenged to kind of see who fits well where, why there, and who can come in and complement each other as teammates. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, – I didn't, you know, think about thinking back now, as players – that's tons of pressure to have knowing that you've got our grass U S women's national team as amazing as they are. And a lot of people that don't follow beach, even they're like, Oh, so you guys got some of those grass players on your team. Like automatic you know? assumption, automatic, automatic, automatic assumption that they're the same players, automatic assumption that we train together, that we know each other. And as much as I wish that was true, uh, but it's not. You know, but as players going and showing up to El Salvador for our very first time, that's pressure in itself to know that you are representing something bigger than yourself. Janae, you are representing not just Janae. You are representing your family. You're representing your country, you know. And so there's a lot of that pressure as a player that you have. 
And then on top of that, it's, I got to prove to my coach. My coach doesn't know how I play, you know, like he met me for the first time, you know, flying the airplane over, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you, you kind of, you have to, yeah, it, it's that experience to just be able to like show up and just, all right, soak it in and absorb. But that pressure of the player for your first time out the gates is, is it's unreal. So how much did the game plan change when y'all were headed to Qatar for the World Beach Games? Well, we, we had time to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that the way El Salvador happened, we didn't prepare. We didn't have the camps. We didn't get to meet each other. So we showed up 45 minutes and then played Mexico the very next day. So going into Qatar, we had preparation we spent time together. We had team bonding. We had uh, two camps prior to that. And um, understanding our own style of play was really key and critical. Understanding how my teammates work, understanding their work ethic, when to push them, when to support them, you know, what, what pushes them, what words can I say, you know, what, uh, like, do I give them a smile, a thumbs up? Do I flip them off? Like, what's going to trigger them to, like, push them? You know, like, that yeah. That was all very different in our preparation to Qatar because we were bonded. We we love each other, our, our sisters, and we were going to be there no matter what to support each other. So that was, that was different for us going into Qatar. And I think that's what a lot of good teams bring to the table is the ability for the players to – have that respect for each other. So that way the play's just smoother. It feels a lot better. Um, there's less mistakes made and beach. There's always going to be mistakes. That's just the nature of the yes. game, but um, a lot less when you're understanding when your teammates are going to make a run, like you said, when they're going to yeah. just flinch to, you know, fake like they're going to flick it or whatever that looks like. Um, yeah. So chemistry going in was better is what you're telling me. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you even see it too. Like with some of these national teams, you're like, Oh, they've been playing together. Like, <laughs> I mean, like look at Brazil, they just keep the ball up in the air, even on the, I mean, men and women's side, you know, you look at some of these teams that have trained for years together. They know each other, they know their style. So yeah, that, that a hundred percent for us was chemistry going into Qatar. So I have, I have the results right here. So um, we went two and one, uh, one and two. A loss to Russia, who, for those of you who don't know, I would say in beach soccer, Russia is a huge powerhouse. Uh, they have, yeah. you know, clubs that play frequently as well as their own indoor sand facilities that they play at constantly. So um, I have I have the U.S. losing one to three there. But how, how did that game feel for you all, knowing that that team was going to be, you know, what they were? Uh, Russia, <clears throat> every team's got their style of play. Russia was a really good team to compete against um, because I think for me personally, I was so used to just like the Brazilian style, the Spanish style and Russia brings a whole different style. You know, um, they are hundred percent use their goalkeeper, which you should like that as a team that demonstrates leveraging their keeper and, and, uh, and really having that keeper dictate what's the play going to look like, what's our next move. Um, but their style of play, we learned a lot from as well. Every team we played against in Qatar, it was like, okay, now I understand your style. Uh, you know, every, like the Brazilians have a unique style. The Spanish national team has a unique style. The Russian national team has a unique style. But that game was, um, I think for us, we dialed in our, 
defense even even tighter and we started to realize more that how important our defense style and and rotation um if you do it right it can work against a team like russia definitely and then going into the next game against um team gb seeing some familiar faces there um so how was that playing against some familiar faces and knowing that they're a team that's gonna you know bring the heat that team, you know, playing against those play a few of those players, you know, we've had an opportunity to play against them often, you know, like I said, back in Trinidad and Tobago and back in 2017, knowing their style. Um, for us, we were really eager and anxious to play against them because a lot of our team, a lot of the teammates had experience playing with them. <clears throat> um on shoreline, you know, they played with a few of the national players played with the shoreline team. And so anxiety, um, eagerness to play against them and really to show that like, we're, we're here, we're here and we're going to try and take this from you. Um, but that experience playing against that team is always so, uh, rewarding for me personally. And I think for my teammates too, um, I think they would agree because, after those games against GB, it's like it's handshakes and hugs, and and they they're really super supportive. Like Molly Clark and Katie James will come up and be like, you know, hey, like great game, like critique, give some feedback, um, but extremely supportive. And I think that is like that atmosphere and the continued growth of the women's side that we have to continue to have, you know, moving forward and growing our sport, but. Um, that experience playing them was was pretty rewarding, um, in my opinion. For sure, and I, I was I remember talking to Katie, and she talks about roles reversed. She's like, I love going to the states to play because I get to see everyone and go play in the states. So yeah, yeah, I know, and they want to come out as much as possible. Obviously, when you know COVID goes away and is all cleared and safe for us to travel. I I feel that there we're gonna see a lot more international players coming to the states. Um, Saki from the Japan team, she's always messaging me saying like, Hey, I want to come and you know, what are the tournaments? And, and we're like, Saki, we'll, we'll house you, you know, come, come join us. Um, and same thing with the Brazilian players too. They're just, they're always reaching out. Like, what do you guys got going on over there? Big tournament. So we have to build our tournaments bigger, um, in the States. Like if you build it, they will come, but like, it's true. Yeah. Everyone just wants to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was talking to Mike Vollmer actually, and he, he runs the tournaments in the Midwest or helps run the tournaments in the Midwest. And he's talking about how no one in the Midwest knows beach soccer until those tournaments came around. And then they, they go to each one. Cause it's just like lined up across yeah, in a row. They just hit them up. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so before we get kind of to the closing portion of this episode, I did have a chance to on Instagram uh, reach out and see if anyone had any questions for you. So I do have some questions from fans, teammates, friends. Um, so one from Bethany, uh, Janae moves very well in the sand, very fast and quick. What is her personal training like? So I see that you're doing, you know, training sessions by yourself with some teammates. We have Francis Fridays in full, full motion. What, what is, what do you think is the most beneficial from a personal training standpoint? First of all, I love Bethany. She has been my, <laughs> my roommate every time we travel anywhere with the national team. I swear they're just putting the mommies together, but I, I love it. She's my buddy. 
Um, so I appreciate her, her comment. And she is a um, fitness queen. Um, and I learn a lot from her as well. She's a trainer. So I would say for me, it's, it is repetition. It's getting in the sand. The more I'm in the sand, the more comfortable I'm feeling and I'm flowing. And, you know, Francis is always telling us like fluid, like fluid movement, movements, like smooth, make it like, just like, like, um, I forget, it's not coming to me right now, but I forget the word he used a lot, but it's just getting in the sand to make it feel more, um, natural. So for me, it's constantly in my toes have to be in the sand. And when I do get in the sand, every single time I train, I always do left flicks and right flicks. I go back and forth. I try to build my, my weak sides. Um, sometimes I'll just start my trainings with just flicks, even though I'm like, I know how to flick, but I will just start my trainings with just flicks, let it drop, scoot it away, flick, let it drop, scoot it away. And I'll start my trainings always like that. But for me, it's constant, uh, in the sand as much as I can. Yeah. I I would say even when we're playing soccer on the grass or on the turf, you naturally know how the ball is going to play off the surface because you just played on the surface so much. So by you saying repetition, just being on the sand, like that's going to make it more natural for you. I feel like. Of course. And even it's funny. Cause like, even if you just do some basic, like go back to the basics, like for sand, it's just flick, dribble, juggle. Like those are basics, but now it's okay. How can I flick in a different way? How can I not just flick it like a baby flick? How can I get it to my thigh? How can I get a high flick? So if I'm prepared for like prep for a bike. And so as you learn the basics, you can build off those. And so every training I do in the sand, whether it's by myself um, or with my teammate, it's always like taking that basic movement and then adding a unique element to it to build off of that. You know, some of the trainings I do with um, my teammates. um, So like Luisa Meza and I, when we train together, we nitpick each other so, so hard, you know, we'll do a drill and then, and she's like, all right, what do you notice? And I'll say, well, my observation for you is that you're doing this. Like, I think your strength is in this area. So you need to build on your weakness now. And so if you, if you can find someone that you can train with that you trust, that is going to give you like raw, real feedback, that's when you can start to grow. Cause I never go in there thinking like, oh, I'm just going to flick and I, and I got this and I'm gonna juggle here and, and that's it. And I nailed it. No, it's grow from there. Like it's all of these tools you have in your tool belt, you know, keep building on that. And you don't want somebody, you know, baby feeding you uh, just like, Hey, you're doing great. Keep it up. Yeah. Type deal. It's so amazing. You're so good. You're, you're only going to improve through uh, criticism, constructive criticism. Yes. yes. Um, so I have, for those of you who aren't familiar with the handball ninja, he plays beach handball. Um, I think y'all had a good time. I think Megan said that y'all interacted with the beach handball team at the World Beach Games, which was yes, awesome. Yes, yes. Such a good connection. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so Handball Ninja has he, – he wants to know um, your favorite men's or women's player, both on the field and on the sand. I know you played a lot of uh, beach soccer you know, abroad with different teams and stuff. So maybe yeah. that'll play in. I mean, grass, I got to look for the U S national team, you know, Rapino is probably one of my favorites. Um, Lavelle, just their style of play. Um, their calmness. Lavelle is great. Really great. Um, 
And I also like what a lot of the women's team is about too. the grass players, for the national team, just what they're representing, what they're trying to drive for equality. Um, so it is like an on and off type of, you know, when I look for a player, it's not just like, Oh my God, they're amazing. But also like, do they represent, represent something bigger than themselves? Because that's what I strive to be as a player too. Um, when I think of uh, beach players, you know, when I think international players, I think of like starting with like the men's side. So um, Madger. So first of all, Madger, you know, I got really fortunate back in the, like 2018, the Euro Winners Cup. Um, and he invited myself and my teammate to go play um, for sporting. And so I, I didn't, I never knew who he was. Like I, I, you know, I heard of his name just from my teammate and then I looked him up. I'm like, Oh, he's, he's known. <laughs> and then getting out there and actually watching him play and bell and all of the Portuguese guys that, that level of play, like Madger's calmness and his humbleness as a human being shines through on the sand, just the way he plays the way he, even when he comes off the sand and he's on the sideline with his teammate, I'm watching that. And that for me is, such a well-rounded player to be able to step on the field and draw such calmness and maturity um, and just experience. And even like the way he strikes the ball and his patience and calming. So for me, that, that is a player that, that I really look up to. Um, and, and on the female side, you know, I, I know I've mentioned like the Brazilian side, I, you know, I want to say all of my teammates I look up to because all of them bring a uniqueness and I don't think, you know, we're, we're just getting started, you know, like the, the world hasn't seen the U.S. women's beach soccer national team yet. You know, these players that I have the opportunity to play with on my team are phenomenal in what they bring to the sport. And but if I'm looking at international players, um, some of the I got an opportunity also to play with the Spanish team, the um, the, the Rosas Plaches team under Javi Reyes and. I got an opportunity to play with some of those Spanish national players as well. Um, and that was a great opportunity, but I would say probably Leticia Villar, Brazilian national team, um, super curly hair. <laughs> and I love the way she plays. Um, also probably Barbara. I love her calmness of her style of play. And then I would say Danny also. Um, Danny's a bulldog. We we call her the bulldog, and she probably doesn't know it, but Danny. <laughs> he's like, she is a force to reckon with, and every time we see her play, we're like, "Ooh, Jay, you should go up against her." I'm like, yeah. so um, I have a lot of players that I look up to, and it's not only for their style; it's also like who they are as people and what they what they represent. I'm sure the the San Jose Earthquakes are going to be bummed that you didn't say Wondolowski or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, probably. I, I, I think I like your answer better, so no worries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, last question I have for you, wrapping up. Uh, Olivia asks, "What is a good place to get started if you're interested in beach soccer?" So for you, it was getting asked to go to a tournament. Um, but what, in your opinion, is just a good place to see if you can even get into it and like it? Um. I think the first step is uh, letting go of your ego, number one, because a lot of players that we've had come out that are amazing futsal players. Like we, we had some professional futsal players. So I was playing with the U S futsal team um, for a little while. And we had some of those futsal players came out and they're fast on that. They're fast on the court. They're tricky. 
And then they get in the sand and they're like, oh my God, I am the slowest person out here. And it was really hard for some of those players ego-wise because they're like, I'm so amazing on the court. And when I come out here, I'm not that great, you know? And so I would say, first thing is let that, let that go. Like just go out with some openness. Number two is find, find some local beach soccer players, men or women that play and just go and learn from them. We've got some young players that we come that come out prior prior to COVID. But even now we've got um, one college player from Menlo, um, a family friend of ours that came out and she's like, I know nothing about this, but you guys train really hard and I just really need to get in shape for season when we do go back. And it's just finding someone that plays or gets in the sand and just get in it um, and watch some, watch some videos. If you go out by yourself, if there's no one local for you, watch some videos, go out. Um, but making connections is going to help too. Awesome. Couldn't have said it better myself. So Jeanette, thank you so much for coming on here. It's been great talking to you. I now have an itch to go get on the sand. So I'll probably do that right after this. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> um, where can people find you on social media? Find me on Instagram, Janae six, uh, J E A N E six. Uh, I'm on Facebook too, but um, definitely on Instagram. Um, but I, I, I'd love it if, you know, find me, we spread the sand together, um, share our stories. I think the biggest thing is just sharing your stories out with everyone and supporting each other. So I really appreciate the opportunity, Dylan. No, no worries. This is what it's all about. I just want people to know more about this game and uh, let's see the women's side grow. I'm excited to see that happen. Awesome. Thank you. No worries. Janae, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Take care.